This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We are joined now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline by Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. BC, what's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. How are you guys doing? BC, I'm, I'm just so happy to talk to you. I'm, I'm almost trending. It's two weeks in a row. I didn't, I didn't know if I would be in this position to talk to you as a, as a peer and a, and, a, and a co-worker again, man. So uh, good Monday to you, man, or good to, good Wednesday to you. How are things? Yeah, what, whatever day it is. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk to you in whatever the day may be. Well, it's 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 all a blur. I, I I thought of you the other day because our our schedules came out for high school, and okay. we we open up with with the Omaha North Vikings. I, I was uh, like, oh, how convenient. Isn't that be cute? Up, be up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I immediately I immediately thought of you, and uh, I, I figured you'd like that because it will be a monster matchup with arguably two of the best twenty twenty fives in the state lining up. Yes. To play against one another, be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll I'll brag on my uh, old school bit. I, I'm proud of like how that program is has rose up since i when i was in high school um we were trying man we were trying but we were like four and five every year and you'd maybe get into the 16 team playoff field so Mm -hmm. it's been uh it's been a quite a jump they've made to be the type of program where they're in the hunt um for the playoffs every year but also there's two or three prospects you're like man they're freaking good and they're beyond that guys who can play elsewhere beyond nebraska obviously so yeah that i'll i'll look forward to that uh and i'll i'll try to be as impartial as possible as you know yeah there were some parallels to to nebraska right because you know i think early on you know because i think people think that coach martin just got to north and boom it turned around right away right but in from 1999 on it it wasn't like that so it started with getting guys like Philip Bates and and Green and 
yeah. and and Niles Paul, and then it it flipped with getting Calvin Strong and that class to come. Is that can that be a thing? in college where it starts with a bell cow in a class. I think mm. we saw it at Nebraska from 91 to 92. But then I also know there were the things like the unity council and kind of this philosophical morphing of defenses. So that mattered too. Can, can a class kickstart a program in 2024? I think it's possible. I also think there's something to be said. I'll, I'll bring this uh, question a little bit to the in-state recruiting they did in the last class and how many guys they, they locked up. And I, I was listening to Rule do one of his interviews the last week, and he, he had a funny line, but it was an interesting one about those in-state kids. He's like, they're not Huskers, they're corn Huskers. He was, you know, he was putting that emphasis on <laughs> yeah. them. They, they have a they have a little extra something of their step about this program. They've been mm-hmm. around it. They've heard the talk radio all their lives about oh they can't get over the hump and you know that's what their lives have been like with it. Different than ours when we were growing up, and uh, you know they're here to do something about it. And when you have those type of guys and you can kind of uh, multiply the numbers with those type of personalities and, and guys who have seen it up close. I do think there's something to be said. Now, obviously, you got to have the talent to combine with the want to, but I think there's a lot of them in this last class and in the classes to come that are in this state. Um, and when you were asking that question, I was thinking about in-state guys, really, particularly how that can jumpstart something. Um, and, you know, every class, uh, recruiting class, when it's signed, I always think about there's, like, three or four guys in it where like even their base floor is good to me like i'm gonna try to make make this make sense but like even if it they just hit their base floor when they're in college i think they're going to contribute and then i'm really excited what like the ceiling might look like and i think there's a lot of the in-state guys who have that where it's just like i feel like there's going to be some level of success that they're going to bring to the program um, and now it's just a matter of how high does that ceiling go up in the sky, and that that that's the cool part. So uh, when you get guys like that, um, you know, I'd brag on your son about it a little bit. I think Caleb's one of those guys where it's just like I think he's going to contribute. It's just a matter of like you know what level is that reach, and when you've got those type of players, that's an exciting thing. I think. Yeah, I typically don't let him read my text, but I remember <laughs> it's just funny that he said that. Because, and this is a true story, BC. This just kind of goes to show you how your feel is good. So, you know, Dom obviously and I talk a ton, and and he said, hey, it'll be cool for um, a, a, a Rayola who, who's got a, who's a, a really good quarterback in this class to join a class with a Benning when we got to try to turn the corner. Now, I don't, I'm not saying, uh-huh. and he said, I, I'm not saying Dylan is T phrase. And he joked with me because Caleb is certainly better at this stage in his career than I was at mine in high school. But it would be nice if this was the start of something cool. And I, and I, and I let Caleb, I'm like, hey, we're in the car. And, and I'm like, hey, I, I said, this, this kind of gets me in my feels. And you know me. Like, I'm not a nostalgic guy. I don't love pictures. I don't reminisce. But I felt like that was kind of cool for, for Dom to say about, a, a Rayola and a Benning, and Caleb looked 
dead at me and said, we're going to win. Not mm-hmm. sure when, but we're going to win. All I know is winning. <laughs> and I just was like, it sounds like something Abdul told the 92 class mm. when we got there. He and Dwayne Harris and Dumas, like, took, they were like, we're going to win. Not mm-hmm. sure when, but we're going to win. So it kind of allowed me in my head to dream a little bit that, that this is actually on the horizon. Yeah, um, that definitely comes across having with this last cycle and the guys who signed and we were putting that class to bed. But I, I do think they, when you did interviews with them, that came across to me probably more than, than some past years where there was just an expectation like this is going to happen. It's not a, it's not a question of if, it's just a how and when. Um, and so, yeah, that, that does matter, too, I think, when you stack up guys, um, and there's a lot of them in this class who have come from, from winning programs, not everybody, but they're, they're used to that sort of success. And I think, I think it matters to have, find those guys where uh, they hate losing as much as they like winning, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that is a big deal, like, when you can find those type of personalities anymore. And I think they've got some of them in this class, just gauging off the, the times I've talked to them. And uh, obviously got to do it at a different level, see how that translates. But um, I, could, I can see that there's some drive there uh, with, with guys. And um, I do think in some of those instances that, that in-state component or in the case of, of Riola, the, 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 just the connection, the heart to Nebraska football that he's had as a, as a child, uh, that, that means a lot, you know, and um, uh, not every class has it as much as this one, I don't think. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. BC, I'm kind of trying to listen here and go through like my mental Rolodex as Damon's talking about classes that can kick off or kind of reset a program. You know, we've seen it not work out, right? I remember a handful of years ago, Old Miss has the number one class in the country with like Robert Kimdiche, and it just doesn't go anywhere, right? They, they you know, they've, they've got, uh, who was the, uh, Laramie Tunsil, guys like that, right? And it yep. doesn't go anywhere, right? Because to me, the culture wasn't set. Yeah, when it's the not, class not got just about there, having good right? players. So getting the class matters. Do you think that you mentioned the in-state recruits, and you got my wheels turning a little bit here? Do you think the good class of in-state recruits, not just guys that all oh, they're Nebraska guys, so we want them, but talented guys that are also from Nebraska, can help set that culture where a guy like Dylan Rayola can kind of be the bell cow that DB was talking about? The culture's kind of already set, which is mm-hmm. as impressive the, the after cool, year the one. The cool thing, right? Yeah. Like, cool maybe is not the word. BC has a better word. But you know what I mean, though, BC? Like, the, the, the culture is kind of regulating itself already. I think they yeah, poured the concrete, but, like, you got to let it set, right? Yeah. Am yeah. I wrong? I am. BC? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think both I think both parts of it um, have some truth to it, but I, I I get where Damon's coming in there. I, I feel like when you've heard Rule talk in recent weeks, um, he, last year at this time, everybody's trying to figure out, and there's even some nervousness over there. What what is like Matt drills and stuff all about with this particular staff? Like, what does that look like? What are they? What hoops are they going to make us run through? Is it going to be something that aligns? Uh, with what I'm thinking, maybe there, and and also, is it going to be successful for for me? Guys are wondering that, and I think this year there's a feeling. Just listening to the head coach speak on it, 
that there's a, a very high percentage of guys now who see like, yeah, last year was good, and I, I saw how I made strides as an individual player, so I believe in this. But I also learned that uh, what I thought was great last year as far as effort, like in February or in the spring, was maybe good. It wasn't great, and it can be great. Like, it can go up more notches. And I, I think there's that feeling that guys see that you think you've pushed yourself to a limit, but there's actually – there's a it, it extends further than, than you realize. And um, when you get guys believing that, and then you get guys who come in right away and nod their head to that, I would this is where I would bring that part where Robbie's asking about – um, you know, that are in-state guys and like, yeah, let's go, you know, and they, they, there's no like pushing back. And then you've got veteran guys who are, are helping them along to say, this is how we do things around here. And then, you know, Caleb's class in a couple of years or a year or two from now are the guys who are doing the same thing and tapping the next guy on the shoulder to say, this is how this works here and uh, it's going to be done this way. And so if you can just get that, that feeding off each other, then you've really got something. And so I, I think they think they got the ball rolling on that. I really do. And that, now you, you hope you, you brought in the same type of guys who have that mindset who want to just keep that going. And, um, you know, as some winning hopefully goes with it and you add some wins, I think that makes it easier too, where it's um, people see the success in the, in the W column. But, um, I do think there was enough, like, individual growth from players last year, like, where they thought, I got better as a player, I got my body better through what Cam- Corey Campbell and this nutrition department is doing, that mm. I believe in this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell other guys it works if you do it. BC, I think, what I, I think what I was trying to communicate, which I guess I've had some hard times with a couple times this morning, but, you know, we, we've heard Matt Rule talk about, okay, the coaching staff, staff sets the standard. I think that's the culture part that DB was talking about that's already set. Mm-hmm. But then the players take the ownership. And I think that's the part I was talking about with the in-state guys that sort of take an ownership in a way that you don't always get. Or they start But I do think you're kind of seeing it with players. In that the, are already there. The, the, the turnaround of Tommy Hill or Ty Robinson coming back. Okay. Or Isaac Gifford wanting to p- come back and play another year. Like – is there some tangible examples? Do you think BC to the lend credibility to what Ravi's saying? Yeah, I would say so. Tommy Hill's a good example to use. He's um, it's unbelievable, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's come a long if, way. If you think about it, last spring, uh, like the first press the presser deal, like after the first practice, first day or two, Rule like goes through a few people who aren't there. Right? He uh, that weren't. He just plowed names them. Tommy Hill wasn't there. Now you understand around here we're dealing with, our, um, you know, past coaching staffs, and I'm not saying they did it necessarily the wrong way, but if somebody, like, wasn't there, the thought was, like, they're not there anymore maybe. You know, they're, like, not even part of this program or whatnot. And uh, in a couple of those cases, those guys were back within a few days or whatever, and Tommy Hill was one of them where he's, like, on the field stretching and we're taking a photo of him, like, a week later and he's talking to Rule. And then by the end of the spring, you realize, like, he's one of Rule's favorite guys, just the way, like, you know, like, loves football and kind of goes after it. And it was kind of a lesson to me about how I should have known better from reading up on, on Rule at, like, Temple and stuff. But just because there's going to be tough love at some point um, with certain guys or they might get even called out a little bit. Like, the, you know, the other day, uh, Micah Mazuka 
sort of got that, uh, you know, when he, he got mentioned. Great we'll point. He, how, mm-hmm. he, how he responds to it. But in the past around here, we would have heard that and been like, okay, that's not working how, how we thought. And we would have just flipped <laughs> it over to another, yeah. you know, like moved on to another book, right? Or something and be like, that's not, that's not an answer. And now I think you hear that. You're like, well, I don't know. But he, he's definitely been called out. Let's see what, what his answer to that is. And we've seen proof here already that there's a couple cases where guys have answered the bell to that. Tommy Hill is a, a great example. I mean, now he's like, you know, thought of as one of the better players on this roster going in. I, I was asking people on our board, like, name you, if you had to do the EA Sports rankings, who are like your top five rankings for Huskers? And, um, like, you know, Tommy Hill's up there. And so he's got a, he's won a lot of respect with how he bounced back, and um, I think they can share their stories back to the question at hand um, and say, <laughs> I I believe um, in the way this staff sort of uh, challenges us, like you know physically and mentally and all that stuff. And there's going to be times they're tough on you, but it's for your betterment. And here's what happened for me, and if you do that, um, maybe it can happen for you. So. There are a few of those with veterans, I think, where that, that can definitely work. And then the in-state guys, back to that, I mean, they, they see it because they, they, like, live and breathe it even when they're in high school. They, I'm sure, hear on the radio about all these players and stuff. Like, they, they're in tune a little bit with what's going on with the program. And so maybe it's easy for them to kind of jump in and just grab the rope, too. I don't know. Yeah, this is beautiful because I think one of the things, and, and you know this, is because I would, I would share early on, I'm like, gosh, I, I feel like I have an unnatural affinity for Coach Rule. And, and what is it? I, I had to check myself. Am I too close? Is, this, is it just because, you know, and I would try to talk myself out of it. But there's two things that I love, and I think Trev is a lot like this, too where he's not complacent. He said, the thing that I have to guard against the most with my staff, especially having young guys, is this isn't Disneyland. This place will chew you up and spit you out. You you cannot rest. And you've seen, like, there's been so much turnover. Some we hear about, some we don't. He's constantly tinkering with his staff. The no-nonsense policy with a couple of his coaches, whether it's a DUI or whatever. And I tell people this all the time, BC. The two greatest fears that I have raising kids is peer pressure and complacency, which is why I gravitate towards culture because it can help negate peer pressure because then it turns into a positive culture. But Mm -hmm. complacency which he's, his coach rules spirit never seems settled. He's tinkering with the staff. He's critiquing coach's strengths. He said out loud about Coach Satterfield in terms of let's play to his strengths with tight ends and that position needs grooming and, and with quarterbacks. I don't want their attention split with an offensive coordinator and, and my secondary. I don't want to you know carve up Coop's time because of attention to detail like he guards against those two things and it fits right in my wheelhouse the two most dangerous things out there for people are complacency and peer pressure yeah and what you're the quote you were reading or I, I he must have said about you know it's not Disneyland I, I've I've heard him kind of get to that topic a few times where 
I think he's right too. Around here, we like to be positive in a way. Okay, we were always trying to be like, you know, when, when Nebraska, whenever Nebraska athletics does something well, everybody really jumps aboard it and like is really pumped up about it. But you know, you can get a win or have something good happen along the way, but you also got to realize, and he said this multiple times, you're five and seven until you're not. And yep. um, you know, you've 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 got to you've got to work yourself out of it and that's the only way it's going to happen um and so like you you can connect that to like they had a good recruiting class so there was like good headlines about it and there is a good vibe like oh this is going to turn around because rule turns stuff around in year two and three at programs he's been in the past well that doesn't just happen and uh, he knows that and and i think his players are realizing that you you have to have those guys who say we know we got to go take this if we're going to get those six to eight points we need to flip three or four games or whatever you it is to, to change the whole script of Nebraska football. It's got to start happen. It's got to happen now. You know, it's got to be happening in these these early mornings while we're enjoying our coffee and, and they're and they're working. So um, I, I do think he, they're working hard to really get that mindset within their players. And it does go back. Ravi's question I think hits a good point though. At some point too, I, I'm stuck on it. Players. Yeah, no, you got to have the players then who say, this is what Coach Rule's about, it's also what I'm about. Yeah. So, like, I, I adopt that, and then, then, then the guy next to me does, and eventually you're hoping, like, 100 guys feel that way. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting, BC. Uh, we're talking about Brian Chris Harvest and Husker 24-7. Yeah, I just, I can't get past this, and I don't even remember where he said it. I, it might have been at the coaches' clinic in Texas, like, last summer where Rule's talking about setting the standard, the standard becoming accountability, and then taking ownership of the standard. and Or, or everything, right? The 60-second breakdown of a play when you run mm-hmm. a play, snap it, get back to the huddle, be accountable. Or, you know, sometimes BC, he'll be in a press conference and he'll say something like, hey, you know, we put two in a row together, but can we handle success? Or... Mm. If they lose a game and it's like, okay, well, how can we bounce back? Can we go back to work? Is it the practical application of what we talk about? Like he's always mm-hmm. on the gas, whether it's emotional or physical, because I don't think he likes for people to sneak up on him. Yeah, it also makes me think this is maybe disconnected, but the press conference recently he brought up, uh, he brought up the end of the Maryland game. Um, he was talking about winter conditioning, yep. earning stuff, and he was t- he was discussing how you know we had this whole thing at the, in the days that followed. Oh, they should have ran the ball there, and you kick your field goal, you go up three points. Which, by the way, is what I thought should have happened. But that, that I, I get what his his point is is we ran a standard play. Everybody can run this play like across football. It was what? not like a complicated play. Yep, and we need dudes who like can. You know, and as a staff, we have to be able to function in that moment and can't hide from that sort of stuff and just realize, like, this is where you go make a play because you're a ball player and this is what you've been building for for eight months to excel in this situation and to play the game. You know, it's third and goal from the five. You traditionally throw the ball there and you run that play and you succeed at it, and at worst it's an incompletion. Execute it as we've built up for eight months. And I can't appreciate whatever you think about certain strategies of last year. There, there is definitely truth to that. It's like 
you got to build a culture too where it's like no we're going to play this game and we're going you know we're going to uh we're going to run the stuff we run here and not hide from it or shrink from it and all that and i I just thought it was interesting how he kind of was revisiting that and um made an overall i think good point about um the type of mindset they have to have over there in these months as they go into this season where they, they they have to like they have to embrace those moments and, and those type of those type of things and say that well, let's do it. We've done this all spring. We've done this all fall camp. Let's just execute now. That's Brian Christopherson, Husker twenty four seven. Incredible stuff today, BC. We appreciate. Got another twenty five minutes in BC. Uh, I was gonna say we could go the rest of the show on that conversation, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you as always, BC. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, B. That's Brian Christopherson, Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we've got Kevin Suits from 1011 News in Lincoln. He will be with us on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.